You're making this. You're, you're responsible for this. I am. <clears throat> oh, we're on the air. So, hello, travelers, and welcome to another episode of The Travel Guides, the podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. I'll be your host, Just GQ here, and I have Tasmia that's in the house. I am. <laughs> Hi, guys. So, Tasmia, introduce yourself, if you please. Sure thing. So, as Josh mentioned, um, my name is Tasmia. I am a New Yorker living in the Midwest. Uh, this is my fourth year. How's that been for you? Has it been culture shock? It was definitely uh, not something that happened overnight, where I got used to leaving a gigantic city like New York to come to a city like Chicago. Believe it or not, it is actually very different and not um, the same climate as New York. Everyone's always like, you're used to the cold. And I'm like, no. Not like that. People don't wear like double-breasted <laughs> North Face jackets in New York for like four months straight. You got your you got your Tims though, ready to rock, right? You know what? I still wish I had my Tims, Where'd but I be? now it's all about the Uggs. That's yeah, what's up, so. yeah, you are true to the Ugg, to the Ugg life. Very loyal, to but that you brand. you are not originally from New York, are you? Let's back it up. Okay, then we style. can do that. <laughs> So my parents are from Bangladesh, and I was born there, and so I came over when I was about four. Nice. What part of Bangladesh? Dhaka, the city. Nice. What, what? Woo-woo. <laughs> yep. And I go back maybe like every four or five years. It's it's not a weekend trip, and so would like for it to be more frequent, but as it goes... I'm going with next time. It'll be a good time. I might be going in December, and there's actually an open invitation from my mom. Swear. I swear. Yes. Pinky swear. So Wait, this December? This December. Send me the dates. We can take this off. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely can. We definitely can. So. Food food and lodging free. Right, absolutely. (laughs) So, um, Tasmia and I have known, we used to work together. Um, so been down for some time, you know, just one of the, one of the homies here. Um, you actually put me on game. This is just a fun fact of how not to jump into a nickname with somebody. And I am overly sensitive to that. Like, did I? No, I didn't know that. You did. You did. Okay. So for, for context for the, for the listeners, Tasmia is, can be shortened to Taz, but this is something that you're you want to tell it i mean you're fairly sensitive to people yeah so i mean obviously my name is uncommon mm-hmm. right and um the actual but way lovely. to pronounce it right. is actually basmia basmia and it's an arabic name and with the american accent that's actually really hard to pronounce and so i tend to always introduce myself as tasmia to be accommodating let's say um so that's how you say my name, but I like it when people show me that they've actually taken the effort and time to learn it and to say it the full name. Right. But as it turns out, there's a lot of people who I think very innocently, they don't really think too much of it and they just say Taz. And to me, that just makes it super informal because yeah, work is a serious place. And first you want to get to know people, you know, from a work perspective before you develop that social relationship. And so... I've always preferred that people call me Tasmia, um, but to this day, there's a lot of people who say Taz, and at this point, I, I don't want to be a jerk about it, so that's what they feel comfortable with. That's fine. <laughs> but you did not call me Taz. I did not. I did not. I actually pressed you to tell me 
the non-comforting way of the non-comforting pronunciation. The real pronunciation. Exactly. Yeah. Because stay true to the roots. One time for Bangladesh. (laughs) (laughs) So you call me. That's Mia. 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 Mia Mia. for sure. Yeah. I took the, uh, but that's just because I like to be different. And unique, you know. And you are. No one else really says that. That's right. Um, And (laughs) I literally, whenever I hear Mia, like, I know it's coming from you and only you. And that's the way nicknames should be. You know, unique and after. So awesome. I feel like we have all become very acquainted (laughs) here. So you have had on to. On, on brand, if you will, um, with the traveling. Mm-hmm. You've had quite the 2017. I have. I have. My passport got a lot of action swag, this year. Swag, yeah. swag, swag, But, you know, it's all about keeping up that status. Message! So, Ain't it, though. So some of it's just strategic, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's like I have to at this point because, you know... You can't go back in boarding room, right? Nah, with the with the with the with the commoners. <laughs> um, I'm just joking, but yeah, uh, definitely had a really really great year. Um, very grateful for the ability to have gone to the places I've gone to. Um, so February, we did a girls trip. Um, some other ladies from where I work. We did a girls' trip to Cuba, and I do remember when I went, I talked to you because you had gone previously and you gave me some really good tips. You did. As well as photo inspiration. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and for the, you, those of you out there who are listening, who have not listened to the Cuba episode, please uh, do that. Don't stop this, but immediately following uh, the conclusion of this episode, please go ahead and uh, run back to season one. Be that as it may, you absolutely jacked my picture <laughs> at the Revolution Museum. You can say jacked. I like to think it was an ode to. Oh, okay. So that's, that nice. that's where I came from. That, was nice. that might be the the cover art on this <laughs> on this episode. We'll let the we'll let the user, the the listeners decide. Yeah. So um, really grateful that I got to go to Cuba because, as we all know, um, Trump. Yeah. Exactly. So you know. I heard they're closing the embassy down. Yeah, so slashing staff down at that embassy, right. Right? like downsizing the amount of people who work there. Um, I do do know that once the news came out that they're urging American travelers not to go anymore, people who had already booked their flights still right. went ahead. As, so my as sister, they should. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, my sister, um, her trip happened after Trump made all these announcements, and she still went. And I was, of course, worried as her older sister, but she came back. Um, she had a great time. But it seems my the impression that I'm getting is that it's just going to be even more difficult to kind of head down, and which is really sad because, as I'm sure you would agree, it was such a beautiful experience. Oh man, yeah, and had a lot of like contrast to what you've popularly heard within like American media. I would say just from like even from a cultural standpoint, from the people, like all that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't really know quite what to expect. Um, because when I went there and I saw some of the buildings and I saw the roads and the development, um, I was pleasantly surprised because coming from a country like Bangladesh, which is so third world, and as soon as you get there, you are just immediately confronted with such abject poverty. I didn't know where Cuba fell in that spectrum. And um, to see like the amount of development that I did see, like it was very beautiful. The architecture was great. It was very colonial. Um, But obviously, we both know that what was most beautiful is just like the people and the spirit. You know, they are so welcoming to Americans despite knowing what they hear on the media and how foreign relations have been. Um, And And it was pure. 
so genuine. Yeah. So genuine. Um, and I think my favorite part was when we set up um, a dinner at a local family's house and it truly, truly felt like you were having a dinner party with family despite the very, very clear language barrier. There was right. only one person in the family who knew how to speak English and he played translator. But it was... I've never been in a situation where there was such a language barrier and yet it felt like the conversation was free-flowing. It was just flowing. Yeah. The dinner was great. The conversation was great. It was just really, really nice to feel at home in a country that is so foreign. And I've never really had that anywhere but Bangladesh. Right. Which, you know, arguably is home. Is home so yeah. I just feel like it's, it's weird to think about. And we rarely get, like, <clears throat> political on this. But I feel like in these polarizing times, like, Trump is effing up. Like, I, just the way that Puerto Rico is being handled, telling them that they're, like, heavy on the budget. If you were but in a real American, catastrophe. Right. I mean, like, yeah. it's just, like, it's blown me. And But to think about how... That's a little bit off subject, but, but it's just been on my heart. But to think about where Cuba might be had the vote swung the other way, because they were on the precipice of being able to make having to make, like, a truly difficult decision of where to, like, are we going to boom and placate to the to the tourism that's going, the the hockey stick, mm-hmm. if you will, of, of, of tourism that's going on, or, um, I've really been saying hockey stick a lot lately, but that's not even like or are we going to remain, like, a pure country where we are going to preserve and allow the things that have made this like an attractive place to visit continue right. to be attractive, or to live. For yeah, a lot or of live. Yeah, very true. Permanent residents here, right? Do they now feel comfortable? Especially with cash being here, yeah. right? Um, so there's that, and then you know, I was just reading something about jet lag the other day. I get jet lag very, very, very bad case. You really and do. I re- you've seen it. You've seen me pass out on the train yeah, yeah. when we're commuting, but I digress. Um, and then I think like the simplest like line that I remember from this article before it got very into the science was, you know, our bodies are still evolving to travel great distances within such short amounts of time because hmm. this is very new, right? right. Uh, like plane travel. And so when I think about that, that we have this ability now to go to the other side of the world in less than 24 hours. But then here we are now in this world where we are creating so much distance between us and other countries like Cuba or even Puerto Rico, which is quote unquote right down the street. That's just really sad, right? When we can be so connected and yet now we're having all this stuff crop up that's just creating cultural distance, right? That was deep. Message. All right, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back to the jokes a, and whatnot. That yeah. was deep. That was deep. But <laughs> that's very true. Is that smooth that's voice, very man? Pulled well, me in. So. You know, hey. so I went to Cuba, um, <laughs> and that was back in February, as I mentioned. And then my family and I, we actually do a really big trip every year. Uh, so my mom is super into travel. We only actually started doing this within the last six to seven years, but um, she she's the one who kind of pushes for it and. Um, it's actually really fun. Every year we get to go somewhere different. And so this year we went to Dublin and Paris. Nice. Um, Norwegian Air. If you don't know, now you know. If you're willing to fly budget airlines, you can get great deals. And I will share with your listeners. Absolutely. We got this round trip from Dublin, to Dublin, excuse me, from New York uh, for three twenty-five. $3.25? Yeah. So you had to actually travel to upstate New York um, for the airport, but I mean, that was fine, right? So what is that? 
Like Albany? No, it was um, Stewart Airport um, in like Newburgh. And from Long Island, it was like a three-hour drive. Okay. Um, but there's a bus that leaves from Manhattan. And it's the same reason why Ryanair flies out of Beauvais Airport. Gosh, I love Charles Ryanair. Right. right. Oh, my gosh. Ryanair, <laughs> like, man... Was One so time cheap. For the European budget <laughs> oh my gosh. It was Egypt, amazing. Ryanair, viewing. It's just everywhere. Or the, trains. Right or the trains. Right. Um, but the thing is, like, okay, quick sidebar to be that budget traveler, you need to have a certain steeliness of mind. Like 10 kg, this by this centimeters, right. no hot meals. You have to, like, stand in line. You know, there's, we just, I made a joke earlier about boarding priority, right? There's no such thing. Ain't no thing. Ain't or no you more have more. to pay in some like <laughs> in unjustifiable amount of money to just get in earlier. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's sidebar. But I also love a great budget deal, right? We bonded over. I think that was one of the reasons why we went so quickly. It was because you were like, I save money. <laughs> I was like, I save money. I hate spending money. <laughs> quick, quick uh, sidebar. I I meant to tell you this. This is like kind of the listener sitting in on like a personal story I want to tell you. Uh, when I was I was just in New York for the Nomadness conference, as you know, when I got this trip showed me that I know that I knew literally nothing about New York. Like I had really? I had only been to Manhattan. I've been to New York about four times. I had spent all four of those times in Manhattan. So I thought that I remember I was uh, staying with with one of my guys. Shout out to Olvin. Um, that I was going that he stayed in he stays in Brooklyn. So I was talking to somebody, I was like, hey, you know, they were like, Where are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm going to New York, blah blah blah. They were like, Where are you staying? I was like, I'm gonna stay in Brooklyn. They were and he was like, Where in Brooklyn? And I was like, I don't know, like the the Brooklyn part. Like I don't I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like somewhere in the neighborhood and he was like, The neighborhood? He was like, Brooklyn is a city. Like it's like it's a it's a bur it's like a, a thing. I was like, I'm thinking that Brooklyn is like Wicker Park. And I have been such a bad friend to you. <laughs> that is all I can say. I had you no know I'm clue. from Brooklyn. Right. I had yeah. no idea that it was like an entire like sub city in here. I thought I got confused between Harlem and Queens and all of that. I was like I was like, I have not seen I need to spend a full week in New York and I think I spent need to spend like a a day and a half in each borough and just like explore and I, I haven't gotten any culture when I've gone to New York. Like I've just literally been in Manhattan, holler at my people like, yo, come get me yeah. from the hotel or whatever. And then I will ride and then come back and that's it. Like, I have no, I've, I've truly not experienced New York. I forget what the number is, but when you look at the amount of um, native speakers and the languages they speak in New York, it is like a dizzying number. And I, I, I have to say, I'll send you this and I don't want to speak out of turn to your listeners, but it's like this insane number um, and it shows you like the map of all the different languages and right. different neighborhoods. And like in Brooklyn, there's like the Pakistani community, the Bengali community, the Russian community. And it's just like this huge list of like just communities of like different cultures. And yeah, you're absolutely right. You need to spend time because that's where you get the food and the music. I did have some dope, that. some dope empanadas when I was up there. They were so good. They were delicious. 
Um, that's a whole other podcast for you. That's real. That's real. That's real. Uh, okay, cool. So, <laughs> so after that's Cuba, you all went to yeah. Europe on the family trip. You went to Dublin. You got the cheap, the cheap mm-hmm. fare from Dublin. Then you all so, just training throughout. No, so then we took your favorite Ryanair um, to Paris, okay. and then we came back um, to Dublin to fly out. And I missed the McGregor fight by one day because that would have been so ill to watch that. In, in Dublin. Until the end. Until the end. Yeah. <laughs> but we all know that doesn't happen, right? Like, yeah, it's very Dude weird. went in to make some went, They some made tons steps, of money, right? right. Um, so I did that with my family, and we can talk about what it's like to travel with family versus alone versus friends and Would whatnot. You, you do it every year. so I like, do it every gotten... year, and I am... It's not vacation for me, right? right? And I try not to talk about it at work because everyone's like, oh, you're going to Italy or you're going to Malaysia? Oh, I feel so bad for you, right. you know? So I try not to talk about it, but it really is like work. You're a planner, though. I am a planner. Yeah. But I think I, you also know, like, I can, I put a lot of stress on myself. And so I plan everything out and then I'm just constantly stressed. Like, is my 60-something-year-old dad having a good time? Mm. Is my mom having a good time? Is my, like, teenage angsty brother, like, bored? (sighs) You know, so are people tired? Are they going to be able to eat the food? So... I am definitely a planner, and I've had a lot of conversations with people because I feel like there's that there two camps, right? Like right. the let's roll with the times and see what happens. Here, or like me, like okay, what is a Yelp highly rated restaurant? Because if I'm spending twenty euros on food, I want to make sure that I don't regret it. Right. right? So, so definitely a planner. That's a responsible um, choice, though. You know, it goes back to the whole saving money thing, right? right? Like, if I'm going to go to Paris, I want to enjoy the kind of French food that you hear about on Food Network, right? right? So, um, well, this segues into the next trip that I had, which is when I went back to Paris, actually, like, a month later for work. Um, And then I parlayed that into an extended trip where we went to the south of France and then I went to Dublin. Um, A friend who was fun employed, who I met in undergrad, he met up with me. Fun employment is a lot of fun. I (laughs) I was like, I know I'll find someone to go on this trip with me and thank goodness for him. Uh, But when I was in Paris that second time, I found a restaurant highly highly rated and I was by myself because I had just gotten there and work conference started the following day and I stood by myself at the bar for an hour waiting for a table to open because I was like you know what this is the best restaurant in the neighborhood and I'm gonna eat here and I waited I didn't even drink because I was just like I don't I I wasn't in the mood to really drink that night um but you know what like when you when you find a place you really want to go and you know it's gonna deliver and you've done the research and it was worth it french onion soup Amazing. That was the dish? Duck salad. Okay. Amazing. Now we're getting there. Well, yeah. Well, was... like, French onion soup, right? Like, that's, like, very Parisian, like, like, food to eat. Go to Panera, bro. Like... Let me tell you, they do not make it the way these guys do. How do you... So, how do you research the food that you that you want to eat, like, when you're abroad? So, let's take a step back. When back. I go to a new place, TripAdvisor is my number one. You re- so I've heard that. I know internationally that's like a go-to for mm-hmm. people that are not in the states. So I'm, I haven't heard like here in the states people reference. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, they do have a lot of. Um, Don't make. I mean, if entries. that's what you. No, because I'm thinking about it. They do have a lot of entries for hotels and sightseeing in the U.S. But you're right. When I do travel domestic. I don't necessarily go to TripAdvisor. It's when there's a much greater unknown for me, right. like a 
completely different country, that's when I go to TripAdvisor. Okay. That's and right. only recently have I recognized there's a need uh, for travel community etiquette, as I'll call it. And so when I came back from my trips, I spent a good amount of time, maybe at work, <laughs> writing a lot of reviews, reviews myself. Okay. Because you got to get back. You depend back, on right? them. Yeah. And I depend on them fully 100%. Because I also do a lot of like when I travel with my family we don't necessarily get a hotel we'll like rent an apartment no, right. and so you want to make I mean, sure that makes sense. Yeah. right so I use a lot of TripAdvisor I use a lot of like you know blogging sites like just random bloggers like I'll just type in what is the city center or like which arrondissement in Paris to right. stay in so I use a lot of that and then Rick Steves um, and then for food um, Yelp actually does work in a lot of European countries, but then there's also the fork. So I have um, not heard of the fork. Yeah, so I'm very, very like research heavy going in, and even there, um, I like to be because like when you're traveling with family, right? And like my family, especially, like you know, they're not always comfortable, like um, you know, speaking like the language barrier. I think hits them a little bit more than right. me. Um, they speak so English though, right? They speak English very yeah. well too. I think they just get a little self conscious. So, um, which is very natural when you're, it's not right. your natural when English is, tongue, is a yeah. learned language for them. Yeah. So I just want to make sure wherever we go, they feel comfortable Absolutely. and all of that. So a lot of research for sure. Um, yeah. So that was, that was the thing. Like now I've started to kind of give back a lot more with reviews because it's just this like reciprocity. Right. Tell me about, tell me about what you did in Ireland. Cause we're. <clears throat> Supposed to. <laughs> I'm definitely down for that. Um, because we're, we're going there for actually, I don't know. You are. I don't know who's gonna go on this trip, but like, if we can, t- if I can be honest, I'll with go you, with you. I mean, I'll be I with am it. Dying to go back already. It's all. It's like so up in the air right now because there are. Um, so it started out. There was like there was a group of us that goes every year. Then people started like slowly. Like I can't go. I can't go. And so there's only three of us. So it was so now it was just me. So I reached out and tried to recruit mm-hmm. one of my guys. But like I think it would be kind of dope. I've wanted to do a solo trip for a while. Have you ever done one? Uh, when I was in Panama, but I was living there, so it was a little different. But I did like when I went to Colombia the first time. I was dolo, um, but it wasn't. It was like it was for work. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I was just out here, you know, twenty four seven, like. With me, right? Me and my pack, eat, pray, loving, and whatnot. You know, which I think would be kind of hot. Like, I am waiting for my eat, pray, love trip. (laughs) It's happening for sure. I'll be with it. So I think I'm gonna (laughs) stop pressing people, and I hope that they're listening because you all are more than welcome. But I'm not going to press you anymore because if it comes time, I might be on the Norwegian air flight up there, cut the cost, and then just like let me help you out. Dublin is. Now my favorite city in the Europe. world. In oh, Europe. in your oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, in the world, New York, of course, all day. I was like, um, but I had such a good time in Dublin. Actually, my entire family. When it was time for us to go to Paris, we were all like, "Man, we, we should just kick it here." I wish we would have like just stayed longer here. Right. And again, it just goes back to the people. They're just so 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 friendly, and they're just like. Beautiful people, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So, <laughs> so we were like standing for at a bus stop for a hop on, hop off bus, and right. all of a sudden, this woman comes up to us and she's like, "Are you guys waiting for the bus?" And we're like, "Yeah, we are." 
She doesn't know us, nothing. Right. We're just like unassuming, standing there. And she looks super concerned. And we're like, okay, what's happening? And she's like, oh, well, there's a marathon going on today. So the bus might not come here. I really don't want you guys to just like stand here waiting forever. You know, like, why don't you walk down the street? This is the next place. Coming from a place like New York, where nobody where you don't gives even a shit, talk to you, right? <laughs> right. right? And I will defend my New Yorkers all day, but like people Y'all just don't mean, notice. Right. No, when Y'all are mean. Y'all are mean. We're efficient. Chicago. <laughs> We're just efficient. Chicago was for me when I first got here. I was, it was culture shock as a southern dude when I came up. Well, yeah, like, it's different, right? Geez. It's different. People are just not outwardly friendly. But like this lady, she was she just saw us randomly and she had to come help us out. Another example: we were in a cab and we were telling the guy, "Hey, you know, we're going on this like tour tomorrow, and they're gonna pick us up at this statue in our neighborhood, and you know, I'm gonna go find out where it is." And he's like, "Oh, really?" Turns off the meter, we're on the cap, turns off the meter, gets off the main road, drives to where the statue is, tells us it's right here, parks there, and explains where the buses should be coming from, asks if we got it, drives back to the main road, and turns on the meter. Like, that is the level of how willing people are to help you out. Forget New York. Even in Chicago, or even in other countries, they wouldn't do that, right? Um, and I have a couple more examples, but like they're all pretty much the same. Like people are willing to like give up like the opportunity to make a dollar just to help you out, and that does not really happen. Yeah, it goes right? a long way. Um, we stayed at Temple Bar, uh, which is you know where, as the name implies, all the bars, and it's so. <laughs> I was common. focused on the Temple Bar. So <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, if there's any kind of worshiping, it's it's just worshiping that nightlife right. um but we we got there pretty early and we were having uh breakfast at the most amazing amazing spot stage door cafe again founded on TripAdvisor. Nice. the guy was amazing um oh this is like a famous place yeah isn't yeah it? okay so josh is looking it up right now so yeah. temple bar is the name of an actual bar that looks as irish of a pub as it can get it's but on the, the neighborhood Yep, the neighborhood is just beautiful. There's flowers everywhere. It's cobblestone. Um, the cars don't really go up and down the street. Restaurants everywhere. So it does get really rowdy. Um, that's what I would expect, though. But like I was saying, as we were having brunch, people were just piling into the bars. Right. Like we're having brunch, and people are piling into the bars to like just start their day of debauchery. And it was it was just it's a very very lively place. So we rented an apartment. Um, off of uh, the main street. So for those of you who like a fancier spot, the Westin, there was a Westin there. We found, I found it on hotels.com. Hotels, so it's an, okay. It's, yeah. So my mom, like sometimes we like to cook like some traditional food, um, especially for my parents. Right. So that's why we tend to get apartments where she can kind of do that. But I think it was called Fleet Street Apartments. So it was like Fleet a two street. bedroom apartment with like a huge living room, big kitchen and I mean, I would highly recommend it. So, so has Hotels.com pivoted to be more Airbnb, like in terms of like allowing different types of lodging to be available? You know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that they had several apartment options. Hmm. Did right. not know that. Yeah. So I think now you have your choice of hotels, hostels, apartments, and Airbnb. But I will say I am a huge airbnb Like, Nice. Usually. Um, or should I say niece? Who's this man? 
Because I did have an Airbnb in Nice. You're right. You know what's funny? It was in Amsterdam where I had the most interesting Airbnb experience. Lovely. Because my friend, who's fun employed, was like, Taz, because... He called me Taz. Um, Allowed. Right. So I see how you do see it. He was like, listen, this is my budget. I'm fun employed. And so Amsterdam is a little bit more expensive than Nice. First, I wanted to stay in um, a houseboat. Have you seen those? A houseboat? So it's a boat that is a house that is on the canal, that is just floating on the canal. I have not seen one. I conceptually could like picture it before that lovely description but i think such a vivid description <laughs> i provided for you but that's, that's sarcasm that is you don't know me <laughs> but no i did not know that that was like available yeah i think if i were to go back i would definitely do it just because it's an experience that adds right. to the newness of being in a foreign land um but we stayed and this is the first time i've ever done this we just rented out a private room in an apartment where the dude was there. Oh. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to die the first night. I thought I was going to get murdered. Did you? Like, I... I have some friends who do that here. I think I was just being hypersensitive. I was, I was probably being a little extra, but I sent... Really? <laughs> I sent my boyfriend all the details of the of the listing, and I was like... If you bust in here, here's my, here's my details. If you don't hear Send from me tomorrow... This is, this is the dude. This is his WhatsApp picture. Okay, and now I feel like I have to redeem this guy. He was nothing but wonderful. Um, obviously, you know, like... I feel like his name was Claude. Was it Claude? I can't pronounce his name. Claude? I tried, and he told me I didn't get it right, so... I felt like that was humbling. Like, yeah, no, I yeah. accept it, man. I don't, I don't speak... I would have been like, tell me Dutch. again. Did you know? Tell me seven times. Did you know? <laughs> so I, I know. Right. You, you would have tried. I, I, I was just like, I gotta go look at a canal or something. <laughs> I, I wanna, my, my, our plane was delayed two hours. I was like, I'm ready to go oh, back and sightsee. You know, we'll do the intros again some other time. His name <clears throat> um, is spelled S I E T Z E. So. Sites? Yeah. I did, that's ah, not it. see the sites. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I bet he uses Mind that. blown. <laughs> <laughs> For the second time today. Right. Um, yeah, so he was he was lovely. It was a beautiful apartment. Um, and I would also say, like, Amsterdam was just, like, an experience unlike any other. Like, similar to kind of what Cuba was, but in really? a very different way. But in a very different way. Have you been? Have How you so? Been yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been there. Similar in that it was very new and, and just different, right. but different in that it's not Cuba, right? I don't know how eloquent that was, but um, I think it's different because, I mean, I consider myself a progressive person, right. and I don't think I've been in a country that is so openly, like, liberal and Likewise. tolerant. Yeah, it can be culture shock. I mean, everything is legal. Right. Um, right. So I'll, I'll tell this uh, <laughs> this story. This is when I knew I was in Amsterdam. I am uh, somewhat of a dare kid. Like, never touched the drugs. Was never like on the drugs. Like none of that. So I stumbled in. I need something to drink. I stumbled into the, a gift shop where I'm just we're just walking up and down, whatever. And uh, I walk in. This guy like freaks out behind the register. He's like, "Oh, you guys are from America," and has this cloth that he takes from behind the counter, sets it on the counter, and rolls it out. When I tell you that this guy, weed, shrooms, coke, 
Oh I mean, goodness. all the things. I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I was <laughs> I immediately put in a panic. I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> Bro, I just wanted the water. Like, I was like, I was trying to get him out. It, it, that was like, I was like, oh, okay. But it's so different because all of those things, like the vices coexist it's with so the open. culture, right? Yeah, it's so open. You got the bike culture, you have the, the Heineken um, brewery tour, mm-hmm. which is excellent, I say. No rivalry, but it, it's like it's definitely like it's it's it, there's a lot there's a lot to be experienced there. Yeah, so I definitely agree. I mean, the bike culture was was it was I mean, you know it, right? I think right. there's something like eighty thousand bikes in, in Amsterdam, bikes. right? And if it were my for my friend, I would probably have track marks on me <sighs> right now because he was very good about making sure I was like looking seven ways right. before you cross the street. But the bike culture, just like general eco-consciousness, and then, um, you know, I have to admit, I was not very educated around the red light district, right? So it... I don't think anybody can be educated. Well, that's definitely true. Um, But, you know, my friend who was there, he had gone before, and he told me, like, you know, these women, they have health care, you know, they, they can go to a bank, they can take out a loan to take a mortgage, and... That, to me, was a really big deal because, I mean, I can appreciate that the government recognizes, hey, people are going to do this, right? And if they're going to do this, we might as well regulate it and make it safe, right? Which is to say that I, like, I'm agreeing or or disagreeing. It's just I, I can appreciate that, like, kind of thinking, you know, and... To your point, once you get there, it's just such an unbelievable experience. Like, once you see that, right? Right. Like, I just... That was probably one of the most eye-opening things because it's kind of like you don't see that anywhere else, right? And that's really what's so magical about traveling, to be able to experience these things that you think it's going to be one way, but then you get there and you're just like... Because they're like real like women and this is what they're doing for a living and they're completely okay with it, you know, or this is the circumstance they chose. So um, it was definitely like a trip, I guess I would say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I didn't even know I did that. I'm that's that's just low key what you did there. When did that become there are two things like to that to that point that have risen in terms of conversation and I'll say consciousness like conscious focus and that is like rights of the homeless and rights of sex workers which are things and this could be a product of like the diversity the diverse lineup of podcasts that I have lined mm-hmm. up where they where they are talking about this and like shedding more light on it but do you remember when that like like, when did people start paying attention to this? I know that sounds horrible, but, like, the, the, it just wasn't on everyone's radar, and I feel like now it's, like, in the mix of, like, semi-regular conversation. I don't think, like, I can pinpoint a certain time, but I do know that, like, as we go back into, like, the history of mankind, understanding that people have rights and understanding that, you know, it's, like, and enti- something that you're entitled to wasn't always present, right? This whole rise of human rights came about in the grand scheme of things like, pretty recently, right? So when you think back to things like public hangings and right. like people being in like what is it, the stocks, right? And just hanging, like that was a sense that was a sort of entertainment from people, from right. people, right? And you're kind of stripping that that person in that punishment of like their dignity and their integrity, and that was completely okay. And this whole idea of like 
medieval torture that you hear. Right. Stuff like that, for the most part, <laughs> does not really happen, right? right? And so I think, like, there's just been this, like, evolved human consciousness around, like, what is it that constitutes human rights and like how do we as like a society ensure that that is something that's protected now coming kind of coming more to like modern day i mean it just goes back to like empathy in a society right Right. so i hate to say it but when you go back to bangladesh right like there's just so much poverty and misery around people don't have a ton of empathy in what is a very stratified society. And again, you know, my disclaimer is this is like my personal experience. This is N of one. But um, child labor is a thing in my country, right? So you can go into someone's house and the domestic help that they've employed may very well include a child. And it's very normal. You know, whereas here, that is legal, that is shocking, that is completely not acceptable. But over there, it's just so normal that people don't really see it as a situation of empathy. They just see it as like, well, this child comes from a very poor family and we're giving them a job and we're taking care of them. You know what I mean? So I think like I went down this like long path to answer your question. No, it's I think good. It's just like in different societies, there's just a different way that you treat individuals and a lot of factors go into it, like socioeconomics. Right. But at the end of the day, it really just comes down to empathy and kind of going full circle back to the Amsterdam thing. Like, I think it's just, again, people realizing that these are human needs and then there are people who are willing to do this for work, right? you know, um, and then making sure that it's set up so that it's done in like the safest, safest way, way possible, possible. Yeah. Right. I think that's big. I mean, like you mentioned, like it is, it does come down to empathy and like the care for humanity. But I think where like, People don't understand, like, yes, like, progress has moved fairly slowly from, like, a humanitarian standpoint. However, it has also simultaneously been, it's moved at a solid clip because people don't realize, and I think this is some of the distortion that that resides within, like, the minds of, of our generation and in the generation past, especially when you have uh, certain ethnic groups that are, you know, complaining about dynamics that still exist. Public hangings. Mm-hmm were still happening not that long ago. Like, we're talking... I don't want to put a decade on it, but mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s. Like, sure. That, uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, that stuff was still happening. You know what I'm saying? So it's it wasn't that long ago as we sit here in 2017 where there are people who... There are people walking the earth who probably saw some of these. You know, like, and that, that's, like, that's, some, that's some, real, some real stuff. So I think just maintaining that lens and knowing that there are a lot of us you know, uh, not to be dismayed by the current status of where we are as like as a as a as a world, but understanding that there are a lot of us that understand the value in providing basic human rights to all people and making sure those are available to them and moving the needle forward on that is pretty solid. Yeah. You no, know? absolutely. And you're right. I mean, it did happen not that long ago, and I was actually watching this clip of um, James Corden. That's the name. That's his name, right? Yeah. Carpool karaoke. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he did like a very moving speech um, about the Vegas shooting, and he and I think it was a quote from uh, Robert Kennedy, I think. And yeah. Was, and it was um, tragedy should be wisdom for the living. Right. Right. So think about things that happened as early as the fifties and sixties, right? You can only hope that society has learned, right. like how deplorable that is, and as such, moving forward. 
you know, for if a hanging were to happen, it would get a lot more negative attention and, you know, we'd be on the hunt for the perpetrators with a ferocity that certainly did not happen right. back in the day. So we really went down so deep. Right. <laughs> Well, you gotta so stay warm. You gotta deep. stay warm, baby. <laughs> so coming back yeah. out, yeah, a la Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> we so we went to we we're in Amsterdam. So what hopefully else? you all enjoyed part one of Tasmia's episode. I wanted to split this up because the full uh, episode is about an hour and I don't know, like ten or fifteen minutes. And so in trying to remain true to our thirty to forty-five minute segment duration, if you will. Uh, you know, for attention spans and whatnot. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we stayed within that range. And plus, there's some great content in both parts. So we'll see you back here, same time, same bat channel, next week for more discussion on the European leg of uh, her stay. But thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The Travel Guides. Please be sure to, if you like The Travel Guides, if it's a resource for you, if you enjoy it, tell a friend and review us and make sure you're subscribed. Not in that order, but, you know, order optional. <laughs> and follow on social media at GQ50 on Instagram and Twitter. I think that about does it. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of The Travel Guides. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away.